Friends, last week we started a teaching series on the Holy Spirit, the Comforter has come. And last week we learned this profound truth, that the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is a personal He who desires to enjoy an intimate relationship with us, His people. Now today we're actually going to be looking at how the Spirit of God is involved in the life of the creation. But before we do that, let me pray. O Lord, open our hearts to hear your word and know your voice. Speak to our hearts and strengthen our wills that we may serve you now and always. Amen. I remember standing at the top of the Big Brother Mountain. Hands up if you've been to the Big Brother Mountain. Also known as North Brother. Half an hour south of Port Macquarie. Anyone been there? We've got one at the back. Fantastic. I grew up next to that mountain and the scenery often enchanted me. I could see the waves crashing against the break wall and the lush, lush foliage covering the national park. I would hear lyrebirds imitating the high pitch bush boughs of parrots and the crackling sounds of the tree branches. Underneath its melody, I could hear the frogs croaking, providing the double bass of nature. Disconnected from all my devices and distractions, I saw the majesty, the beauty, the wonder of the creation. Surrounded by the wonder of creation, I witnessed the work of the Holy Spirit before my eyes, preserving the creation that brought it into being. And so the Holy Spirit is actively involved in the world still to this day. And that is what he does. He does not only care about bringing new life to dying souls, he also cares about safeguarding and restoring the entire cosmos, the entire creation. That milk that you enjoyed in your cereal this morning was provided because the Holy Spirit made that happen, made that cow produce that milk so that we could enjoy it. The Spirit of God is deeply involved in the creation. God desires, and because of this, God desires this creation that is deeply broken, wounded, to be fully restored. The Holy Spirit is not only involved in bringing everything into being, but restoring creation so that it ultimately ends in harmony. God desires every disease, every tear, every pain to be destroyed. And through the work of the Holy Spirit, creation is drawing closer to that very good end. To put it simply, I want to show you today that the Holy Spirit is both the creator of the world and the preserver of the world. And by exploring this cosmic vision of his ministry today, the Holy Spirit's work is profound. I pray that we'll be filled with confident joy. And that joy is illustrated in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 12, at the end of the world when everything is restored. It says, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. When the project which is bringing restoration to this world is completed, the whole creation will sing praises to our God. But let's first today look at the Spirit's role in creation more closely. It all begins in Genesis, the very first chapter. After revealing that God is the creator, Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 says, 
And the earth was out form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The hovering Spirit is not a mere force. The Spirit is a person. God is personal. And He brought creation into being. The Holy Spirit, again, is deeply involved in creation. He was hovering over the creation like a tender hen over her eggs. He brought warmth and vitality to the dark, formless world, bringing the perfect climate for new life to launch. The work of the Spirit brought beauty and order to the confused, lifeless matter at the dawn of time. The Spirit is the agent who brought creation into existence. I don't know how long ago that was. It probably was a long time ago. But the point is that God kick-started everything through the Holy Spirit and brought all life on earth to flourish. I want to ask you a question before we move on. What do you love most about God's creation? What do you love most? I sense that some of us today would say, horses. I've just been down at you know, the race courses, watching all the horses. They're full of muscle and majesty. You like the horses. They're strong, powerful creatures, full of personality, full of intelligence. For many of us, we love the horse, especially scone. For others, you might say, I love the mountains. I enjoy standing at the heights of the world, smelling the pines and the scent of unbreathed air. Like myself, you might love the high places. There are many things about God's creation that fill us with joy. Would you agree? There's much to enjoy. But as you reflect upon the beauty of creation, I want to remind you that the Spirit of God brought that thing you love into being. May then Revelation chapter 4 verse 11 be on our lips. May we be people of praise. It says, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. Knowing that God the Holy Spirit brought everything into being, we should therefore praise God. That's our first application. We should live lives of praise. When we look at that beautiful thing in creation, it should fill us with praise. God, you are good. Thank you for making that. Thank you for creating waves that we can get barreled in. Thank you for all those things, Lord. Thank you for cocoa beans that make chocolate. Thank you, Lord. Now that we know that the Spirit is the agent behind the creation... Let us explore another aspect of the Spirit's role in creation. The Spirit is involved in the preservation of creation. The truth is plain in Scripture. For the God of creation did not abandon humanity after he made them. For example, Acts 17, 24 to 25 says this. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he's not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men and women life and breath 
and everything else. Life and breath and everything. Out of his amazing grace and out of his raw power, God provides all we need to flourish. Indeed, the creation constantly experiences the care of God. Psalm 104 says, He makes springs pour water into ravines, flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the air nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. God enables water to flow, to bring life to all living creatures. Think about it. Like the lions who seek their meat from God and the birds who receive their seed from the hands of God, we too travel through this world as people who are reliant on God's generous providence. We need God to sustain the creation so that we can survive. While we do not deserve God's affection through his providence, we often curse his name, disregard his ways. He continues to pay for all our needs With his heavenly wallet. Well, it feels like at times we're paying for that bread, that piece of bread or whatever you're buying at the shops. God actually provides for your needs so that you can actually purchase that. So everything actually comes from God. That is good, of course. Swingley says this, who is a reformer in the 16th century. God freely supplies all with all things. For since he is in need of nothing, is rich in all things... And it is good and kind. It follows that he cannot be wearied or exhausted in giving. And that he rejoices in giving. God freely supplies our needs and rejoices in that work. God is the God of fatherly care. The author of all good. Since the time of the cosmos came into being, it has existed only because of the grace of God. And so again, we praise God for his fatherly goodness. But you might be asking, this sermon's about the Holy Spirit. You've been talking about God, but how does that relate to God the Holy Spirit? Well, the answer is found in Job chapter 33, verse 4. It says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. In other words, God brings this care to the world. Through the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no preservation. Without the Holy Spirit, the world would actually return to a dark, formless void. Sometimes we wonder, it is a miracle that we are still breathing on this world? It's a miracle because God enables that to happen. The atmosphere, as we know it, would collapse upon itself, destroying all life without God the Spirit. Where darkness or void lurks, the Spirit hovers over it still to this day, making it teem with life. He awakens the cosmos spiritually and physically and brings prosperity to lifeless matter still to this day. Indeed, let me illustrate this for you right now. Where there are people dying from curable diseases, the Holy Spirit stirs the heart of those with wealth so that they can share their resources with the most vulnerable in society. When people are dying in sin with no hope of salvation because they have not heard the good news of Jesus, 
The Spirit stirs up the heart of men and women to be sent as missionaries into tribal places to evangelize them, urging them to repent and believe in the good news. Where there are children being exploited by people of power, the Spirit gives the abused vigor and courage to speak out against their perpetrators. While the world is deeply flawed by the sin that we see everywhere, out of God's common grace for all humanity, God the Father sends His Spirit to bring life to creation and to sustain life in it. Feel your pulse right now. Can everyone feel their pulse? Feel it? It's pretty hard, but it's so cold. Each beat of life that flows through your body is sustained, I believe, by the Spirit of God above all things. God preserves all creations through the continuous hovering over this world, over your life, as He gives breath to your lungs so that you can breathe and enjoy this world. Question before I bring this to a close. How does the truth about God's spirit preserving the world make you feel? What's your response to God's preservation by the spirit? For me, the truth of the spirit's preservation fills me with great confidence. Confidence. Indeed, when God sends a youth pastor my way, out of his providence to preach the good news of Jesus to me, his spirit hovered over me. Then out of sheer grace of God, the good news penetrated my unformed heart. I discovered that God sent Jesus Christ to the cross as a marvelous display of affection towards me. While I had heard this truth on repeat throughout my entire childhood, it wasn't until the Spirit hovered over me, my cold heart, that I was awakened to new life. I was simply before that moment buried beneath my shame as a wild adolescent. I was breathing, but I was not alive spiritually speaking. I was walking but I was a lifeless zombie, swamped by my inner darkness. But before I said, Lord Jesus, my Saviour, the Holy Spirit's presence swept over me, through me, in me. I was spiritually awakened, filled with the heavenly joy and hope of the good news of Jesus. Through the spirit of creation, I became a new creation. And that is true for many of us converted people here today. But friends, he's not only a spirit of creation, he's also the spirit of preservation, as I've shared. This fills me with excessive confidence as well. Because he has awakened me, I know that the spirit will preserve my soul to the end, to the end of life. What the spirit brings to life, he never abandons. Since he's awakened my soul to the good news of Jesus, he'll keep it awakened until I see Jesus face to face in the kingdom of God. And that is the same for us all. If we believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior wholeheartedly with all our affections, 
Be optimistic. The Spirit will protect all the souls of the converted until the very end. Indeed, through times of sickness and health, times of poverty and wealth, times of trial and grief, times of triumph and relief, He will preserve our souls, even if our body decays and dies. Once we are bound to Christ by faith, through the work of the Spirit awakening our hearts, we can walk with incredible confidence, for the Spirit will never forsake us. We are sealed as God's very own children forever. Praise be to the God of grace, I say. Confidence. What a great confidence the Christian has. Created and preserved by the Holy Spirit. If God is therefore for us, who can stand against us? Well, the persecutor may shame me and us for my faith. We know that their torments will not last. The social shame, the unjust words will all come to an end. And so no matter what we face, tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Let me close. The spirit of creation is the spirit of preservation. And with his affectionate care flowing over us, before us, through us, we can be confident glory awaits the child of God. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are intimately involved in the creation in our lives. We thank you that the Holy Spirit brought everything into life at the dawn of time and continues to sustain life. We thank you that the Holy Spirit also has power to bring us to new life and to sustain us to the very end of life as we await eternal glory. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen.